Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Blog Talk Radio. Radio's Grassroots Holistic Health Show for Saturday, October 23rd, 2010. I'm your host, Leslie Gray, coming to you live from New York City at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Our show today is featuring Dr. Malagomi Patrice Somi, but first, I must begin by acknowledging and thanking the One Most High God for allowing this show to take place. I thank our ancestors, and I send blessings <clears throat> love and respect to my elders, my children, siblings, my mother-in-law, and my lovely wife, Spirit Change. Good evening, everyone. I extend greetings of peace and blessings, and I recognize the, the divinity within all of you. Today, we have a very special guest on our show, and the reason I say that he is so special is that he has, for many years, shared his knowledge and experience as a healer and teacher of the history of the indigenous African community. He also played a very important role in my wife's recovery from diabetes, my wife's spirit change. She experienced a miraculous recovery from diabetes, but he is not aware of this until now. Spirit change, however, will reveal, reveal this uh, experience with him later on during the show. Uh, the chat room is open right now, and I want you to feel free to enter and interact with each other, and I hope that you will enjoy the show. And by the way, for those who are listening in on the Internet, the call number is 323-927-1412. And if you wish to speak with us, please remove your headsets and stand away from your computer modem. Uh, that way you'll be able to avoid uh, feedback. At this moment, I want to take a short break, and I'll be right back with you in a moment. Dr. Malagomi Patrice Somme. He's a PhD and is an initiated elder, gifted shaman, and diviner of the Dagara tribe in Kachita Pasal, West Africa, as well as a teacher and an author. Before his birth in 1956, the elders of Malagomi's village knew that his purpose in coming into this world was to carry the message of the indigenous technology and spirituality of the Western world, a place for modernity and was growing increasingly hungry for a reconnection to ancient wisdom. But little did he know, as a young child stolen from his family and village, that the years he would spend under the harsh tutelage of the religious order would prepare the way for the eventual challenge of integrating old and new, the sacred and the mundane. For more than 20 years, Maladomi Somme has shared the wisdom of his ancestors and tribal elders, awakening a deep knowing in the hearts and bones of those who recognize that in his name. His books, his voice, the spirit world inviting the renewal of a powerful and abiding relationship with all beings on earth. Maladomi is an author of several books, including Ritual, Power, Healing, Community of the Water and Spirit, and the healing wisdom of Africa. He has earned three masters and two PhDs from Sorbonne in Paris and Brandeis University in Boston. Dr. Somme is also an initiated elder in his village in the Daniel Pukino Castle, West Africa. He travels throughout the world, bringing a message of hope, healing, and reconciliation through the powerful tools of ritual and community building. And through his lectures, 
and the introduction of ritual in a way that the Western psyche can embrace. Maladoma offers life-altering medicine and the opportunity to explore the meaning of purpose within one's community. At this time, I'd like to uh, share with you uh, the, the voice of Dr. Maladoma Somme. Uh, Dr. Somme, are you there now? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to be with us. Yes. My wife You're is welcome. here with me as well inside the studio. Hello, Hello. Maladoma. Greetings. It was a family. Oh, thank you. Great to hear your voice. <laughs> it's great to hear yours also. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been about a year since we last uh, spoke to each other and, as a matter of fact, saw each other. That's correct. <laughs> Time flies, you know. It goes Definitely really fast. How things been going with <laughs> Very, very good. I feel like I'm on a fast lane, going places <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> working very, very intensely. I've been wow. back to Burkina Faso two times since we last saw each other, and uh, I'm getting ready to go back again in a few weeks. And uh, oh yes, it's it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How's your wife and children doing, the family? Everybody is doing very good. The ancestors are really sending their blessing in this direction. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, uh, Maladoma. Uh, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share uh, your wisdom and the experience of uh, your your people in the village of um, uh, it's my, uh, my pleasure. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what I'd like to do is start off by asking you uh, a few things about uh, uh, your culture. But before I do start that, I just want to mention the fact that uh, in your culture, you have relationships with the ancestors. And that's something that we've basically lost touch with in our culture, not only in terms of how to do it, but even why even there is any. Uh, how do we in the West remedy that? Well, first of all, uh, there is a there is a need at least uh, uh, to uh, make an effort in uh, recognizing that uh, part of the uh, the Rising challenges of modernity have a lot to do with um, a certain forgetting that includes, of course, forgetting the ancestors. And um, the way back there, after acknowledging the fact that uh, ancestors might have some useful contribution to the betterment of modernity, it is to uh, uh, at least... uh, uh, attempt to uh, reach out to them, to converse with them, to send them a message uh, by way of the natural elements, the earth, you know, the nature, water, uh, pouring some libation to the ancestors, giving this water of peace and cleansing. Uh, to them is an opportunity at least to narrow the gap between uh, uh, modernity and the ancestors. And as such, it is also an opportunity to move people closer to one another because uh, the whole notion of community that is such a big challenge in modernity is not because just corporation and individualism uh, are responsible. It's also because uh, disconnection with the ancestors is contributing to a greater sense of isolation. And so the way back uh, is also the way forward. And the way back in this case is to begin reaching out to the ancestor verbally, and everybody can do that by way of pouring some water on the ground. We call that libation to the ancestors mm-hmm. by way of making small little shrines, sacred space 
on in their name so that uh, we can go there and pray to them uh, as if uh, they are important to us because they are in a place of empowerment from which they can contribute greatly to our lives. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, that's very profound. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was back in 1997 when I read your book of Water and the Spirit. And oh. what impressed me was the statement that you made in the book uh, about honoring our ancestors, as you just finished speaking about. It wasn't until years later that I uh, was inspired to join a group of grassroots activists and members of the Jersey City community to go to President Obama's inauguration. And I played the African djembe drum at the Washington Monument for about an hour before he was sworn in as president. And then I played again moments after he was sworn in. And my primary reason for going was to pay homage to our ancestors who, as you know, as slaves, played a major part in the construction of the White House and the surrounding area. And I, I wanted to acknowledge and pay tribute, to, of course, to President Obama as him being the first African-American president and also whose father was born in Kenya, West Africa. Uh, Dr. Somme, do you feel as I do that the African drum should be in every home of those of African descent, being that playing the drum was one of the first restrictions imposed upon us as slaves coming into this country? Uh, along with our African spiritual rituals that were replaced with Christianity and having the image of God as a man other than our own image. It seems to me that having the drum in the home would be a start of reconnecting with our motherland and having a, a conversation about our African heritage and, and various mm -hmm. spiritual rituals. What is your take on that, yeah. uh, Doctor? Let's just, uh, let's just say that the drum is a is a sacred tool. It is an ancestral stool. The very fashion in which it is built is an indication of craftiness, imagination that stretches beyond this world to the other. And therefore, its very presence in every household is indeed a deep honor to the ancestors and as such is in itself a shrine whose presence in a household is a loud, visible invitation of the ancestor as well as a homage to them. It is uh, uh, of importance to anybody uh, from uh, the roots of Africa to understand that uh, the voice of the drum is the voice of the ancestors. And whoever wields uh, the the, the the djembe is a, a, a person who is indeed opening a vortex through which ancestors can enter into this world and address people through their bones and through their hearts uh, to remind them of the kind of thing that they are connected with, the sacred source of their origination. And it seems also that... Uh, Far from uh, uh, from looking at it as a simple instrument, it is uh, best to approach it as a ritual tool, a, a, a ritual tool because it is a sacred item, but a ritual tool more importantly because it is through the drum that health and wellness can be obtained. It is as if, as a sacred tool, it creates a frequency around the space where it is used that generates wellness, that heals, that sends a positive iron through the body, giving, therefore, the body a different kind of feeling, a feeling that is essentially healthy. And therefore, yes, you're right. If everybody mm. understood it the way I do, I would want they would want to have more than one drum in their home, even if they don't drum. Mm. You know, just have it. You know, it should not be considered mm. as a as a, a marketing pitch. There are 
uh, every culture has a symbol of its wellness, an emblematic representation of, of its transcendent tendency, from simple representation as masks to uh, flags to statue of this and that. Drum also plays uh, this role as an archetypal uh, piece and a representation of a larger dimension of consciousness than simply a musical instrument. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes, I, I concur with you, uh, Doctor. Uh, I've had uh, the opportunity to share my thoughts uh, on many occasions, and I've always indicated that I felt that the drum, as you mentioned, should not be an appendage, as, as you will, uh, just mm-hmm. a featured uh, 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 antique or artifact within the living room, uh, that, in, that indeed uh, every family should have a designated drummer, and that designated Absolutely. drummer should be called upon to perform and play uh, in celebration of a new birth within the family, as well yes. as being called to play in the celebration of the uh, going home transitional ceremony of uh, those who leave this particular earth plane and travel on. And for any other significant uh, occasion, uh, birthdays and weddings and so forth and anniversaries. So uh, I thank you for uh, sharing that piece uh, regarding the significance of the drum. You're welcome. Uh, Yes, yes. What indeed, in fact, is ritual? And I know you mentioned earlier, you know, why it's important and the role that ritual can play in our communities, but what is the the core essence of ritual? In fact, uh, the simple way to answer a question like this is to just uh, see ritual as a way of interacting with our ancestors and with the other world in general. Ritual is a meeting place where humans and otherworldly entity uh, uh, spend some time together. That spending time together is considered sacred. And so as a result, uh, given the fact that we are essentially spiritual beings experiencing uh, some uh, physical life experience, it is important to understand that uh, ritual is also a way of sustaining that dimension of ourself, giving it the kind of nourishment that allows the psyche to thrive, to expand, that allows the imagination to grow, allowing for hope where there is despair and uh, will where there is lack of it, and uh, greater love and understanding where there is uh, tumult and uh, uh, dislike and uh, despising of one another. Therefore, it seems that uh, people are better off making an approach to ritual as a tool for solving social uh, radical problems, the kind that uh, seem to have been plaguing everybody, uh, the kind that we think that our politicians should be the one to resolve, uh, the kind that uh, we realize uh, have been uh, longed for but are still kept in the vortex of possibilities. Therefore, let's just say the ritual is a choreographed uh, interactive moment in which uh, us and the spirit world do interact around a specifically given theme. More often than not, that the result of such an interaction is healing, wellness, comfort. It is the restoration of the basic things that characterize human being, love, community, mm. connection, and the sacred. These mm. are things that we cannot really live without. Uh, 
There are a lot of things we can live without. All the material things that we know of, we can live without them. But there's something about the human spirit that is constantly longing for an intimate connection with the other world, regardless of what. We see that uh, in uh, every time we watch uh, fictitious movies. Uh, uh, Avatar is one of them. We long to have this kind of connection with the world around us. What can make that happen? Ritual. And it is the reason why everyone, everyone needs ritual the same way as they need food to feed their bodies. Mm. 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 Yeah, uh, that brings me to, to, to mind. Uh, I read, I think it was in the Word in the Spirit, where you talk mm. about how there's a ritual, which I consider to be one of the most important rituals within the family. And that is the methodology that is embraced by the husband and wife, the tradition of, of married couples who have mm-hmm. issues between themselves or uh, with the children, as it were. And there's this custom that you say that they leave the village and go to a remote area, some hill, mountain, if you will, and um, uh, sit back to back. And, and in that posture, they vent whatever is ailing them, whatever issues they have of, about one another. Could you share with the listening audience uh, that particular ritual and how important it is within uh, the people of your village? First, the the choreography is uh, quite diverse from village to village, from family to family. People use different options, but basically what you... uh, what you read is a generically rendered version, which uh, is uh, connected with what I personally witnessed. The idea and the core idea around this is the fact that uh, um, relationship is of such a depth and such an important that it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be taken for granted. Uh, we got to realize, just as, for instance, even in the Christian, I'm thinking here about the Catholic version in which. Uh, 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 there is the the, the idea of sin, uh, the fact that uh, you know in any given span of time humans are prone to uh, sinning one way or another, and uh, as such the uh, institution of confession become an op- uh, an opportunity for an absolution, a cleansing therefore of the mistake uh, or sin if you want to use the term. In the same way, it seems like. Uh, uh, Indigenous uh, Dagara people in this context do have a, uh, an idea that uh, without the capacity at least to voice and to give expression to the very uh, the, the various things that uh, uh, didn't work out, didn't seem to uh, 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 to echo uh, the uh, demand of of smoothness of fluidity in the relationship then the likelihood is that uh, all these things become packed up inside the psyche, uh, creating the kind of pressure which somewhere down the road might explode into another form, thereby endangering an otherwise sacred relationship between two people. So in that case, Mm. in order, therefore, to, uh, to vent that, the ritual that consists in expressing randomly any and all thing that uh, may uh, 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 as uh, suspected to be standing in the way for the smooth relationship and have accumulated like in the past five days which is the the length of a, of an, a dagger a week seemed this whole thing seemed to make sense it is based on an, on an intelligence that uh, relationship are not to be taken for granted, and relationship don't work because of a s- assumed love and care that exists among people, and that as long as relationship addresses itself to human, very likely what is going to happen down the road is that the uh, demons of adversities and uh, and dissension and turmoil are going to creep into the crack of the relationship and begin to poison the whole thing. Hence, this mm. periodical cleansing that is intended to provide an ongoing purification to the sacredness of the relationship. Mm. Mm. That's, that's uh, very, very interesting. 
and very uh, apropos um, with regard to uh, my wife sitting next to me. (laughs) 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 That's true. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, it works uh, more importantly in relationships in this uh, Western culture, partly because, you know, the statistics shows clearly that uh, one of the one of the issues the modernity has serious trouble mastering is the relationship uh, is the issue of relationship, and therefore a culture that is suffering from disconnection with ancestors, a culture that is suffering from uh, the lack of real community, is a culture that is likely to also have some serious challenges facing its ideal relationship. And um, in light of all the uh, all the sacred union that end up in uh, in court's house for, for, for dis- dissolution, one must raise this question as to what is it that is missing that is causing this constant uh, threat to relationships. And my sense is that it is because of the absence of ritual. Ritual that uh, uh, consistently, intentionally uh, aimed at supporting the uh, stability of uh, relationship. The care among two people that has to be guarded with the guard of ritual as if the uh, people benefiting from it do not take anything for granted and are not willing to take prisoners in this in this matter as if somehow this relationship is ordered by ancestors and as such they need at all moment to reach out to the ancestors for help in strengthening deepening and sanctifying this uh, connection that has come to pass between them yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this brings to mind that uh you were talking about earlier about cleansing, uh, and that's mm-hmm. synonymous with getting rid of disease, uh, being yeah. ill-eased, and having foreign uh, matter within your body, within this body that uh, uh, allows our spirit to manifest and traverse this earth. I'd like to give uh, my wife the opportunity to share with you earlier what I spoke about. You having been in a very important, played in a very important part and her uh, recovery and and uh, emission and cure from uh, experiencing uh, diabetes. Uh, mm-hmm. Here she is right now. Oh, okay. now, Adoma, I tell you go on for hours about this, but I don't want to consume the show with with my with my <laughs> health concern. But I did want to thank you because you were not aware. But after you left, when you had visited in January, I was seeking uh-huh. naturopathic doctor. And uh-huh. unknown to you, husband had spoken with one of your clients who's a naturopath. I'm not going to call his name, you know, for confidential okay. reasons. But my husband yes. had spoken with clients who came to the house. And he had informed mm-hmm. us that he practices in another state but he referred us to one of his colleagues who has an office here in Brooklyn. We contacted mm-hmm. him, and he ended up being my naturopathic doctor. He treated me, and um, my condition completely reversed. I don't use, I, I know you remember that I was shooting myself up with insulin every day when you were here, and I, I don't use the insulin <laughs> or prescribed medication. Mm-hmm. I'm well. And uh, also my eyesight has returned. When you were here, I was, like, practically blind. <laughs> I know you remember that. And um, I can drive I remember my car that. again. <laughs> Business as usual. And I just wanted well, to thank you because um, we were talking about, my husband and I were talking about synchronicity. And um, yes. through you coming here, and you didn't, you didn't even realize that you played a part in my becoming healed because we hadn't spoken since then. <laughs> no, we have not. Uh, and I thank you and congratulate you on taking all this initiative that uh, showed uh, your determination and your militancy 
with respect to wellness and to health. All I did at the time was just pray to my ancestors, saying, you know, these mm-hmm. two angels who have hosted me uh, are of prime importance to me. And uh, if there is anything my ancestor can do, my grandfather particularly can do, now is a good time to at least extend some blessing so that this condition that the sister is experiencing can find some alleviation under one form or another so that she can continue to function and to bring healing to other people because her purpose is far from being fulfilled. You see? That's all I say. Oh, I say and, uh, thank you so much. I want to share one more thing that my husband said when you left, okay. and I, I didn't forget it. And just based on what you just said, I'm going to start honoring the spirit of your grandfather as well, even though I've never met him in this incarnation. I'm, I'm going to honor him as well. And uh, when oh, I pour my libation, but my, my husband had said when you left that he believed that after just after our interactions and spending time with you and so on and so forth, he felt that your guardians had taken us on as well. And I said, that's true. Please don't tell me it's not because I'm going to believe it anyway. (laughs) But I I truly, truly feel that that was the case. Your ancestors and your spirits accompanied you and because of our connection, now they're a part of us as well, and they're in our home as well. So I wanted to thank you for that That's also. Right. Oh, you're welcome. The family has grown bigger, isn't it? <laughs> Hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes, you are family now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's how I feel. Thank you. Thank you for accepting me in your in your space with such a dedication and such a open heartedness that uh, you made it possible for even my own ancestors to see the truth, the integrity, and the honesty of your soul. That's beautiful. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you, my daughter. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, so um, uh, after taking a deep breath after that. <laughs> um, Thank you. I'd like to just short break, and, uh, and we'll come back again with a few more uh, thoughts and uh, and feelings about uh, your experience as a teacher and a healer. Uh, so okay. we'll be right, right back with you in a moment, okay? No problem. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, my good brother. That I, I, we could spend a little time on that would be of interest to everyone listening and, of course, to my wife and I. What response would you give to a person who says that magical experiences that you speak about in your autobiography of fiction and, and fantasy? I know you touched upon, and we haven't seen it yet, uh, Avatar? Yes. And other uh-huh. movies in the past yes. have been. Mm-hmm. Could you share with the listening audience uh, that question mm-hmm. in terms of your response uh, about people who uh, uh, question the authenticity mm-hmm. of uh, the well, magical uh, uh, First of all, uh, I would simply uh, invite the person to uh, make an effort to actually uh, stretch the 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 geography of uh, of his reality a little a little bit more beyond the five senses. I would invite the person to probably uh, get himself educated in the areas of uh, quantum reality, uh, quantum physics, because I hope that in that place he will find out that. Uh, Quantum scientists 
have already uh, demonstrated the scientific basis for all the things that I'm talking about. The issue uh, that I've uh, that I've noticed in uh, modern culture in general is the fact that the five sensical reality uh, narrows uh, things so much that indeed uh, what end up happening is not even uh, even reality per se, per se, but reality as constructed by a certain number of people who want to impose that on others. Uh, I would just simply state that uh, this is my reality that I'm sharing. Now, if my reality is a fiction, well, it is probably because my reality is a whole lot broader than the reality of the person who is thinking that mine is a fiction and his is reality. You see, the war of reality is uh, a reflection of the very human limitation and the human refusal to actually understand its own spiritual dimension to the point where uh, denial becomes the basic the basic principle for serving the narrow five sensical five sensical reality that is mostly the uh, the available uh, uh, the available paradigm uh, in modernity the issue is that indigenous cultures paradigm stretches reality far more than the one that the eyes the taste the touch and uh, the other two can offer to a place where it is indeed possible to recognize existence in simple thing as a stone, an object, a tree, a river, even the ground, nature, etc., etc. When one's own, uh, when there is willingness to expand in this fashion then that expansion comes with a vibrational frequency that is capable of sending messages far outside this dimension to another dimension and as a result invite that dimension to make itself available to someone with a slight will willingness to expand his reality in this fashion. My reality is not something that I'm expecting to become your reality. There are so many different realities. The problem arises when the reality of somebody else is looked at as fiction, that is to say false, and this is exactly what modernity has, uh, has uh, uh, decided to delineate reality that goes beyond it's five-sensical definition. It calls it fictional or a myth, but more, uh, more importantly, fictional as it is not true. Well, what is truth? My truth cannot be seen as someone else's truth. The Christian truth cannot, cannot be waved in the world and imposed on others. Indigenous truth is indigenous truth. Western truth is Western truth. The problem arises when someone else's truth is labeled as untrue on the basis of a conditioning that is based on uh, 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 five senses, thereby excluding in its midst the importance of spirit and the space for spirit. And in so doing, the most that one can say is to engage in an argument of this nature is in fact uh, to condone with uh, a debate that really has very little basis. In fact, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a debate that starts with the assumption that someone else has a great idea about what reality is, whereas another one does not. When, in fact, 
an act of wisdom will show in a person bowing to other forms of reality as opposed to the uh, the labeling of other reality as not real, thereby affirming that his or her own reality is the one that should stand. Western mm-hmm. cultures have this kind of uh, expanded uh, grandiosity that uh, tend to show the rest of the world that they are that that, that it is the one that possesses the truth, and that no one else, no other culture has. Well, I got news for somebody like that who hold this thing. And the news is that uh, it is dangerous to hang on to this kind of truth because this kind of truth is not able to connect us with our ancestors. This truth is not able to connect us with the earth. We are killing the earth. We are destroying the, the only resource we have, and yet that's what we call reality. That's what is, is modern truth. Well, an indigenous person would say, this is not real. This is not a real way of living. This is not a real attitude. It's a fictitious one. The one that believes that, indeed, you can exploit the earth, dump all kind of chemical, and get away with it. No, sooner or later. Mm. Something is going to happen. And so it's important to uh, refrain from any kind of uh, bigotry or bigot attitude uh, and acknowledge what it is that we are doing or not doing within the context of our reality, our personal reality, as opposed to dismissing other people's reality as if their reality doesn't count because uh, it is not contributing to the destruction of the world. It's not contributing to the kind of pollution that is seen as the yardstick by which to define modernity and civilization. I'm just simply returning uh, 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 attitude for attitude by simply pointing to the danger of labeling other people as the possessor of the truth, whereas others are not. In a context like this, we endanger ourselves as humans and we make our quandary even deeper by alienating ourselves from the very earth who is our mother. Mm. Yeah, very profound. Uh, I know that earlier I mentioned, uh, maybe I did not, that I wanted to discuss the uh, traditions within your village of uh, the relationship between the elders and the youth. And what we just got finished speaking about, I think, uh, has a correlation in terms of those of us who are not cognizant of the fact that indeed I don't even think about the fact that we started off as a single cell. And mm-hmm. not until our parents got together and went through that very sacred act that procreation could occur, that that cell broke in half and then exponentially multiplied and divided itself, if you will, to now that we are composed of uh, some trillion, six trillion cells. And when I understand from great thinkers like Dr. Um, Neil DeGrees Tyson at the Hayden Planetary here in New York City, and of who uh, just recently shared on a video I looked at the fact that there are so many stars that exist. We have billions and billions of galaxies, and we have stars that number more than each grain of sand that is on this planet Earth. And if one could wrap their mind around that in terms of the reality that we're conditioned to understand as such, mm-hmm. that there are Stars and stars beyond our imagination. And then you have uh, Dr. Uh, Michio Kaku, the theoretical physicist at the City University of New York City, who was the co founder of the string field theory, uh, postulating mm-hmm. that there are 16 dimensions of reality, which we're only conditioned right now to three dimensions, if you will, in terms of our perception of reality and sight. Uh, Mm-hmm. If 
those of us, most of us, are like teenagers, if you will, in terms of <laughs> our cognizance and awareness of what reality truly represents. And, of course, mm. the scientists and the healers and the shamans and, and ministers, as you will, who have explored and devoted their lifetime to this knowledge are the elders. So that brings me to this question, Dr. Somme. What is the relationship and what is the importance of the elders with regard to the youth in your community and bridging the gap, if you will, so they can have a mutual understanding of what reality is? Well, you got to understand one thing is that uh, a culture, an indigenous culture such as Dagara culture, does not have old people. It has elders. A culture that doesn't have elders end up having old people that uh, it confined to retirement home or to nursing home, etc., etc. The relations, the reason why elders are an important factor in uh, uh, in the sustenance and the stability of indigenous Dagra culture is that uh, the elders are there to serve as the uh, uh, the ground of uh, validity for the youth to thrive. In other words, they are there to be like the, the milestone and, uh, and the guide, the light down the road of the journey of the youth. In that case, uh, the, uh, the assumption is without the elders, the young ones do not know where to go. They do not know what to do. Not that the elders are there to to tell the young one what it is that they're supposed to be doing, but more importantly, they're there in order to be in by themselves an indicator of what is possible, of what is there, giving the youth the kind of hope that they need in order to grow in a trusting way of life. The assumption is, you know, we got to understand one thing. Part of that comes from the fact that uh, uh, agriculture believes that uh, everyone who comes into this world has a purpose, has a mission, and has a gift. That's part of the reason why uh, elders ha- are there to design adequate rites of passage, the kind of ritual that allow the young people to discover who they are, what they came here for, and sometimes including how to fulfill that purpose. It is important to understand that part of the depression, the anger, the uh, uh, the, the, the sadness that visits young one really has to do with the fact that there is no elder to create the container, the sacred container necessary for the youth to be able to thrive. There comes a point when young one needs a radical sacred transformation, a rites of passage in order to transcend their state of childhood into one of adulthood. Without elders, this is not going to happen. And if that doesn't happen, then it creates a huge crisis in the life of the youth and the youth will tend to blame society for refusing to acknowledge the cry of his or her soul, her heart, and will blame the culture for maintaining a spiritual wasteland within themselves. So elders here, therefore, play an important role. They are this kind of uh, of space carer, space holder, inside of which the young one feel confident enough to blossom. And this is why in Dagra culture it's taught very early. Ritual that are intended to connect the very young to the very old. 
grandparent and grandchildren are say to have a special relationship. There are rituals that are aimed at sustaining that. They say simply that the grandchildren and the grandparents have this special relationship because the grandparents are going to the very place where the grandchildren just arrived from. And so consequently, uh, their, their relationship has a value to exchange note to talk about a common interest. And uh, this is why young people, grandchildren, love stories. Lots of stories to feed their imaginative feel, their mythological realm. And grandparents are full of those stories. Stories of this world, stories of the other world, etc. Something that convinces the, the young one the words they come from is very much like this place, and in so doing, produces a kind of the kind of familiarity that makes it possible for continuity to happen. Yeah, mm. Mm. that's very cool. Uh, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that uh, uh, Dr. Somi, that we have a couple of callers on the line. We have a few callers, and I just wanted to give them a moment to uh, say hello to you and, and us, actually. Okay. And if uh-huh. questions, it's at a time. We only have about 10 minutes, so I don't think we have enough time to answer any questions at this point. But, of course, they can voice their questions to you if they have any. Okay. And you can always, uh, we can always email them uh, your answer uh, and Great. also invite them uh, to another show when you're uh, a featured guest, hopefully Beautiful. in the near future. Beautiful. Okay. Please hold on for a sec. Thank you. Hello, uh, 757, you're on the air. Would you like to speak with us? Hello? 757, you're on the air. Would you like to speak with us? Okay. We'll try the other one. Hello, 215, you're on the air. Would you like to share some thoughts with us? Hello, 215? Okay, they're just listening. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to take this moment also, Doctor, to uh, share with the listening audience the upcoming local events that you're having. Uh, some of them are not so local, actually. You're having a private divination uh, November 1st to the 5th in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, that's the Ancestral Light, uh, the Healing Wisdom of Africa, and you're conducting a public talk with yourself. Uh, there's a public talk with Dr. Malazomi Somme. Uh, and that, uh, this coming Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday of November, November 2nd at 7 to 9 p.m., uh, for additional information, contact Leslie Phil. I'm sorry, that's Leslie Phil, F-E-L-L, and the phone number is 416-231-4815. Again, that's Leslie Phil, F-E-L-L, at 416-231-4815. During that event, you will be discussing the gender of of magic. And you will be also discussing men and the other world, which this will be primarily a men's gathering. And that will be from November 12th to the 15th. At Ojai, California. Is that am I pronouncing that correct, Doctor Ojai? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> you're also having private divinations from November 15th to the 19th in Ojai, California, and a ancestors ritual from November 19th to the 21st in Ojai, California. And then, of course, you're having another trip to Burkina Faso. West Africa during the month of December, and that will be from the 9th to the 20th. That's uh, anyone right. who would like to contact with uh, Dr. Somay's office, uh, the number is 407-574-5350. Again, that's 407-574-5350. And the website is www.monodoma.com. That's M-A-L-I 
E-O-M-A.com, and the M- email address is info, I-N-F-O, at monodoma.com. Now, um, I'd like to share with the audience uh, the fact that uh, an additional ingredient that assisted my life, spirit change, uh, I must say that I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not here to recommend any treatments or make any diagnosis. But what I'm here to do is to share information about health practices which my family and I engage in and which work for us. And I suggest that before trying anything new, you consult with a licensed medical practitioner. And with that being said, I'd like to share the fact that I use Frutavita, which is an energy drink, an energy drink which has several benefits. It has assisted me in maintaining a comfortable energy level during the day, and it has also helped my wife lose unwanted pounds and assisted me in maintaining my weight. And it helps my wife to maintain a healthy blood glucose level. And we take one liquid ounce in the morning with breakfast. And if you'd like, you can get a free bottle. You can try it to be for free, and you don't have to pay for anything but the shipping and handling charges. Please feel free to go to the website, www.trytrivita.com forward slash 45522. That's tritrivita, V-I-Convictory, I-D-A.com slash 45522. And uh, by the way, the link is on the uh, page of my website here for Blog Talk Radio. And I'd love for you to email me after using it for about seven days and let me know how your energy level has changed. And I'm sure you'll be surprised. That's weird. As a matter of fact, I'm training for my 14th New York City Marathon, which is in two weeks. Uh, That's November 7th here in New York City. And uh, I'm 66 years of age, and I ran my first marathon some 30 years ago. And I can truly say that I appreciate the adage that what is introduced to me about uh, running and that is that the body does keep score. And yes, indeed, what we put into our body, what we do to our body is like an investment. We get a return on that investment in proportion to the consistency and the intent of the healthy habits and the lifestyle that we have. Which brings me to uh, mention, uh, Dr. Somme, what is your feeling about, uh, and, and also what are the habits, I know it's, it's kind of late, about four minutes remaining, but the uh, health habits of your people in your village with regard to their relationship with food and the sacredness of that? Well, first of all, you got to realize uh, in uh, uh, in the indigenous culture, at least uh, the availability of food is not as preponderant and uh, as uh, spread out as in the West. However, the, the sacred appro- approach to nourishment is something that makes a lot of difference. Uh, the, uh, uh, the nourishment habit or tradition uh, basically takes serious account into uh, 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 plants. Plants as medicine and as food results in the kind that sustain both the body and the mind, the spirit also. But also, uh, it, it, it is an important thing to uh, uh, for everyone to understand that uh, feeding oneself randomly is not healthy to the body. It's what my grandfather used to say: uh, if you if you acquire a, a reckless eating habit early on in your life. There comes a time when initiation, this radical ritual, will make it extremely difficult for you to be able to uh, transform sufficiently. And so it seems as if, uh, at least uh, from that alone, the suggestion is that uh, food is not a recreational item. Uh, Nourishment is a practice that is intended to keep us on our feet highly fit to perform the duties of everyday life. And that alone, uh, this mindset alone, uh, supersedes any 
any kind of food ingested that may or may not have uh, the kind of uh, qualification known in the West to uh, uh, to be fit for overall sustenance. In fact, it is a sacred approach to nourishment that makes all the difference. And the fact that this is not the kind that is utilized for recreational purpose, but for uh, spiritual, physiological, and mental fitness. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Somme. I'm, I'm sorry that we are running out of time, but I, I yes. hope that you will find it to visit us again. And we can continue with this conversation uh, about uh, the customs of, uh, of our brothers and sisters in your village uh, uh, of the Dakar uh, community. Now, Adoma, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We look forward to speaking with you. Thank you all soon. for having me. I really appreciated the time. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. It's wonderful. So likewise. Blessing to you, my brother. Blessing. And we end... As uh, as I begin by giving thanks and praise to the One Most High, to returning next Saturday to Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio. My name is Wesley Gray, and I'm your host. Have a beautiful day and a blessed week. Alafia, assalamu alaikum, hetepu, namaste, shalom, peace, and blessings. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.